Hello and welcome to the Global Captive Podcast and this episode all about improving supply chain sustainability with your captive, produced in partnership with Zurich. Over the next 25 minutes, you will hear from Andreas Riff, Head of Proposition Development and Senior Captive Services Specialist at Zurich, Otto Coxis, Principal for Business Interruption and Resilience, also at Zurich, Udo Capes, Head of Property, Casualty and Employee Insurances and Reinsurance insurances at Airbus and Constantine Liberakis, Senior Director of Product and Solutions Marketing at Risk Methods. Our four experts will discuss the current disruptions to supply chains, why ESG and sustainability is increasingly entering this discussion, and the current state of the supply chain insurance market. We also go on to address the role captives have to play in this area. But first, Otto begins by explaining why supply chains remain in the news today and their links to sustainability issues. As a company with a supply chain, you often have many suppliers contributing to your products. Your suppliers, and even more so their supplied components, are so important, making often between 50 to 85% of total costs such that today competition takes place more between supply chains than corporations. Of course, you need to manage your supply chain properly, also the resilience of your supply chain, especially in today's volatile business environment. Today, the best-in-class companies excel in managing the supply chain to cost and demand, but not so to resilience be it triggered by interruption risks or environmental, social, and governance risks. But companies are currently very much suffering from these risks. To manage your resilience along your supply chain starts with supply chain visibility, understanding your business dependent on each of your suppliers, and so on. Tasks you typically cannot do for a complex supply chain manually. Since tools to manage resilience along your supply chains are still emerging, supply chains will continue to stay in the headlines as bottlenecks instead of enablers of your business. Now, Richard, you refer to sustainability. Were supply chains so far set up with sustainability in mind? Since logistic costs used to be much lower than production costs, the answer is clearly no. As we know it, for example, from the 50,000 kilometer journeys of our genes. Therefore, supply chains need to become resilient as well as ESG compatible, a task which is difficult already to the sheer number of suppliers. Great. Thank you. Also good. Uh, definitely good to set that context. And Andreas, you know, obviously supply chain risk and supply chain insurance has been a, a big challenge uh, for everyone and in the commercial market. Why and how are we starting to see uh, supply chain risk coming more into the conversation with regards to captives? Let me try to put some context around this. It's really about inspiring action and I'll approach it from the high level on down into the more specifics of supply chain and then to the captive. There's really uh, three points um, I'd like to make there, three important developments that are interconnected really. So on the high level, we see of course socioeconomic 
developments, political developments and other developments going on around the world. So there is a, a high demand for immediate and tangible action from governments, from businesses, and of course, also from individuals to ensure a sustainable future for our younger generations. There's a high focus on ESG, environmental, social and governance issues in our societies, and we have to collectively address this. Um, it seems rather clear from a business perspective that those businesses uh, that have not implemented strategies, sustainability strategies, and work on this will struggle. Those who do have sustainability strategies in place and demonstrate the responsible behaviors, they will be the ones to remain successful in the midterm and long term. So the second point is on supply chains. Well, we've seen a lot more people around the world being affected by supply chain disruptions. Most recent geopolitical events, natural catastrophes and labor strategy shortages, pandemics, of course, have caused widespread supply chain disruptions and put more pressure on international supply chains. So in addition to that, corporate supply chain and risk management assume more responsibility. They assume responsibility, expanded responsibility for supply chain risk mitigation efforts and including the increasing risk of ESG related to events, ESG events in their often very large and complex supply chains. So now moving on to a third point, and that's about commercial insurance markets and captives. We have seen very high pressure in the commercial insurance markets uh, when it comes to contingent business interruption insurance capacity, which is driven by supply chain risk. Over the past few years, we have observed that CBI insurance capacity has almost dried up. We know that a large number of captive owners use their captive to finance international property risk, and that often includes the contingent business interruption covers. So naturally, captive owners seek to protect their business by taking rather high captive retentions on CBI and supply chain risk. So captives often act as the main reinsurer, the main reinsurer of large parts or even all of their parent company's supply chain risk, and again, including ESG exposures that can be drivers of that risk. So what does it mean for a captive then? I think as a cap, the captive retains significant supply chain risk, it relies on its fronters high quality ESG processes and practices, both in the underwriting side and also in the de delivering of ESG responsible international program fronting. Zurich is looking to provide exactly such uh, underwriting solutions and funding services in alignment with Zurich's own ambitious sustainability goals and ESG targets. For example, as part of our sustainability strategy, Zurich has implemented a very rigorous due diligence process in order to qualify Zurich's international programs network partners based on strict ESG criteria. So additionally, as a main carrier of supply chain uh, disruptions and interconnected ESG risk, a captive will be highly motivated to drive sustainability and ESG risk improvements. The suitable mitigation solutions 
will quite likely require sophisticated technology and specialized expertise to manage the high complexity in the supply chains. Those are the links that come together, Richard, from my perspective. Thank you, Andreas. Really, really useful, particularly out how you start to see the captive play a role there. So, Udo, uh, perhaps it'd be great to get a few statements from you on sustainability and ESG at Airbus. Sure. Airbus is committed to lead the journey towards clean aerospace, uh, to respect human rights, and to build the business on the foundations of safety and quality. Uh, one key element of the journey towards clean aerospace uh, for Airbus is the clear commitment to firstly offer 100% sustainable aviation fuel capability before 2030. Uh, secondly, to be the first major manufacturer to offer climate neutral commercial aircrafts by 2035. And thirdly, to reach net zero emissions by 2050, which is in line with the EU Green Deal's targets. Some quite exciting and uh, ambitious targets there for Airbus. So it'd be interesting to see how that develops over time. As a risk manager and, of course, captive owner as well, how do you work with the Airbus procurement and supply chain management to address some of the supply chain risks? And and what does this look like for the ESG risks and targets? And, and can the captive have a role in these efforts? Yeah, let, let's start with the current cooperation that that we uh, that we really have. So, so the Airbus Insurance Risk Management team works since several years uh, together with our colleagues from the procurement and and here in, uh, specifically with the supply chain risk management team. We provide support for them uh, by using the insurers' capabilities in respect of mainly nut cut uh, exposure analyzers. So with this link, um, our colleagues get useful support in respect of the supplier's nutcut exposure. And this is a good basis uh, for them to discuss about mitigation measures, um, for example. Airbus has developed a, sust a sustainable supply chain roadmap, uh, which aims to improve the transparency on the supplier's maturity and performance in respect of, for example, environment, ethics and compliance, human rights, and, and others. I, I think currently a captive can uh, support such efforts. From my point of view, it is for the time being more indirect because we are not talking mostly about insurance uh, or insurable risks. Therefore, a captive can create a link into the insurance market and connect capabilities of insurers and their suppliers for example, in monitoring and, and reviewing uh, suppliers' exposure to ESG risks, as we do for, for nutcut risks. Otto, it's a, it's a big question, of course, but can, how can, I guess, corporates actually go about merging sustainability uh, and sustainability risks in the supply chain? Neither supply chain risk management nor ESG risk management along your supply chain are simple tasks by themselves because, as always, risk management is successful if business runs without interruptions. But how can you prove to have avoided an interruption? And still, you need to be able to understand and manage both supply chain interruption as well as ESG risks for each of your suppliers. Tools are emerging to help automate this task, but you still need to apply it for all of your suppliers, tackling the supplier for both supply chain interruption risk as well as ESG is obviously a synergy potential. 
which you can leverage by the collaboration of the supply chain interruption and ESG teams with the tool support. So Constantine, let's talk a bit about the technology that's increasingly becoming available here. So what is the role or, or support that tech providers can provide on the both kind of interruptions and the supplier ESG topic? How, how can you help in imagine ESG risks and, and how does it work in practice? We really do it in, in two ways. So these technologies are, are starting to become more ubiquitous for enterprises. And the way we work with businesses is, first of all, we work directly, for instance, with Zurich as a risk methods customer, helping them with their initiatives operationally and strategically and help, help manage this wider captive requirement. But then also with companies directly. So companies can work not only through the insurance side of it, but also work directly with us to say, hey, we might have a procurement or a category or legal requirement where we need to have a better management of uh, ESG and wider uh, supply chain risk goals. And so ultimately, the risk, me- risk method solution uh, becomes a part of that. So whether it's for procurement or supply chain risk, et cetera. And ultimately, the way, the way we look at the world for managing ESG and wider supply chain risks is by providing this ability to quantify and normalize decisions based on the ability to harness risk across a wide variety of what we call risk indicators. And what that means is it, it considers all the risks that are out there, whether it's for a particular supplier or a particular category or a particular region, things that are evolving, how we look at risks you know, can culminate in various forms. And what we do is we pull risk alerts and news that arise from whether they're latent risks or event-based risks to the customers that are using our, our technology. So for instance, these risks are often related to a negative direct or even sometimes indirect news. So things like dealing with reputation, for instance, could be example. Those types of risks uh, within the news for a particular supplier or third party, things like sanction information, financial challenges, human rights violations, environmental regulation violations that you hear in the news or emerging news that aren't necessarily to a specific supplier, but might be very location-based. So how are you harnessing all that information for a region like what we heard with COVID, with COVID-19, for instance, in in Shanghai, the challenges that were happening there then as bottlenecks occurred because of supply chain challenges or things like uh, emerging challenges around the impact of climate change or regional weather events that, you know, we see. So all those things are, you know, the vast volume of information that you need to manage on all these risks and all the different suppliers that could be in the, in, in the hundreds and in the thousands in some cases for our, for our clients. And so how this works then might be the question is like, well, how do you manage these risks? What do you mean by managing risks? What we do is we look at all this information that would say, let's just call this the big data of all the media information that's being created on a daily basis. Um, and, and this big data challenge is something that companies are trying to figure out, like, how do I resource this properly to manage this within a, an alert? Do I use things like Google alerts or do I pull that into an email? And because of the scale and the volume of information that companies have to deal with here, you need a process that can automate that. And the way we try to address this problem is by using artificial intelligence-based technology that can manage the volume and the scale of the challenge of all these different 
news stories and information that could come to you and where you're inundated. And so what we do is we manage profiles of suppliers and third parties, and we monitor the supply networks that are related to those that are mapped in our platform to reveal the sustainability and compliance risks in real time across over 300,000 different media sources. So you can imagine the tasks that that could be without having technology automation. And not only do we do that, we also will monitor on a volume scale because of the use of AI, 500 million articles across those media sources and, and on a daily basis with web publications to find the risk information that is embedded within those stories that are relevant and, 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 and important to the, the different uh, locations that we're tracking, whether it's a supplier, a port, your own location for manufacturing, um, or other business partners that you're monitoring. We also not only pull in the data from media, but we also pull in within our platform the ability to normalize information across additional sources. So these would be organizational data sources, consider things like uh, a Munich organization um, or dealing with uh, DMB or credit safe or rapid ratings, or even commercial organizations like the International Monetary Fund. So data that's provided by these organizations, we harness and pull that and normalize that into our platform. So the culmination of this information then comes in the form of relevant risk alerts that are collected into scorecards that are mapped back to these supply sites. So the scorecards themselves then offer a holistic and kind of actionable risk profile by organizing these risks across the different areas. And for the use case of ESG, this could include the image and reputation-based indicators that people might be wanting to hone in on, such as the sustainability, environmental risk, ethical, labor, cybersecurity, et cetera. In terms of how that then feeds back into, you know, an insurance program with, with Zurich or involving the captive, what is kind of then the next step of, of how organizations are using risk methods in that way? I, I guess the, the best use case to, to describe it is really basically, um, it comes in a variety of ways or forms for our stakeholders. But I think the way it ultimately culminates is the way is how organizations are looking to manage that and how they describe risk within their organization. Because of the, the complexities, there's no, there's no one way that every organization does it. And so the way we look at it is one, one thing that we help the use case for helping companies do better is to help prevent this reputational damage by providing a better visibility throughout the end-to-end -end supply chain. So not, there's not one solution that's going to take care of all your supply chain risk management requirements. So whether it's the onboarding or offboarding or ongoing information gathering and credentialing, that could be a different solution set. But the ability to enhance that visibility through the real-time monitoring and actual information is really critical. So that's, it's that reputational damage in a real-time mode is, is one. I think, two, we're helping, I think, simplify the processes through this automation, through the AI technology and workflow that we provide to essentially give companies a single source of truth of the risk that they're trying to better assess and then aggregate that information and harmonize that data specific to a particular company's 
risk network. So it makes sense in the context of something happening. And as again, part of the challenges is again, trying to reduce the amount of noise that if you were trying to do this on your own, how do you know if something's relevant or not? It requires not only the AI technology, but also data scientists that are helping tune those algorithms to make sure that you're getting the most relevant information that is relevant to your supply chain. So that's an important point uh, and why this automation helps uh, as a use case. In trying to do that and develop that on your own with your own data scientists could be an enormous cost. And this is this whole question of, do I build it myself or do I actually go to a company that does this for a living? I think the third use case is really helping build confidence. So in knowing that there's a trusted provider that is out there that has done this for other enterprises and other organizations, helping build that confidence using both an internal view of data, so pulling in information about what you know about your own suppliers and supply risks, as well as an external view of the data that's coming, helps validate, I think, the risk management within the organizations for not only internally for compliance, but also for customers and other parties that are looking to an organization to say, well, how are you managing your risks within your organization? And then the last, I think, use case is really building on existing intelligence. So as I said before, there's not going to be one solution necessarily that can solve all the problems. But what we're doing is, is by adding intelligence to that framework, uh, companies are better able to understand the risk in the context of, say, things like spend or revenue in the context of other data that they might be getting from other systems. And to answer your question, particularly for, for Zurich, what we're doing is we're providing Zurich the ability to help quantify and normalize this risk based on these risk scores that then can be applied across a variety of indicators that we provide. And this then, I think, in turn provides consistency and risk assessments that are needed by the subject matter experts that are using them. So, um, Andreas, just some closing thoughts from you, I think. How can then captives and risk managers support the supply chain sustainability and ESG efforts at the corporate level? Um, as sort of the main carrier and owner of the supply chain risk, risk management and captive can take the initiative by collaborating with the supply chain management and use supply chain risk advisory services and the required technology tools to create that effective supply chain risk mitigation and ESG solution. So uh, it's about collaborating. Uh, the start with this is the alignment of supply chain sustainability targets. So internally with corporate procurement, um, as a central risk financing instrument, the captive can centrally collect and contribute high quality information on, for example, supply chain incidents and claims data across the, the global supply chain. So there is a way for the captive to contribute to the data. There's uh, potential synergies can be leveraged uh, as a captive can initiate and support with funding the use of advanced technologies to assess and monitor supply chain ESG risk and to get early warnings. Critical ESG exposure information and data can be gathered, analyzed, acted upon in order to mitigate the risk associated with any of the suppliers. So the key to success really from my perspective is uh, lies in the initiation of a dialogue and close collaboration with supply chain stakeholders. So there's risk management and captive management working together, of course, working with procurement 
and supply chain management, and then working closely with the supply chain risk experts and the technology providers who enable the the solution that you want to create. Bringing those pieces together, that is the key, and that's where uh, we can make a difference. So Udo, just to finish, uh, for risk management and supply chain management, what are the key challenges or gaps with understanding, managing and reporting on supply chain ESG risk? And, and what approaches would you recommend to tackle supply chain ESG challenges? I mean, first of all, um, as I said already, ESG covers a lot of different elements, which mostly can't be insured for the time being. This limits a little bit the the direct uh, involvement of captives within an organization. However, nowadays we more and more work across different departments and we're used to connect with colleagues whenever we can bring added value to their tasks. In this respect, I think captives can be an important link between multifunctional teams uh, who work on ESG supply chain resilience and compliance. My expectation is that insurers can help to introduce useful tools to to monitor and analyze ESG risks for organizations, even if those tools do not directly contribute to insurance programs. Those tools are already available as they are used to monitor and analyze and warn about nutcut and political risks uh, to supply chains. I would wish that insurers as well as the industry places more focus on forward-looking ESG risk mapping support tools for supply chain monitoring processes and development of insurance solutions to address ESG risk scenarios. Well, thank you to Otto, Andreas, Udo and Constantine for a very thought-provoking GCP short. And I believe this group will also be presenting on this at the European Captive Forum in Luxembourg in November, a truly great event that I do highly recommend people attend. So for more information on Zurich's captive services, please do visit their friend of the podcast page on the globalcaptivepodcast.com website. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well and see you next time, captives. (music) 